Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. College football home games are exponentially better today than even five years ago, let alone 10. SI's Ross Dillinger. <laughs> Pat, you look like you have a you have a look of doubt on your face that Illinois could go undefeated, which would include wins at the big house and against Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. How could you doubt them? Come on. And SI's Pat Forty. Now we gotta play on Friday, Saturday. You could tell TV what to do as opposed to TV always telling you what to do. Concept, wild, I don't know, whatever. Here's Pat, Russ, and Dan. Hi, welcome to the pod. I think we're all still reeling from the uh, the action there last weekend. The whole sport is. I, it's very interesting to me. I'm going to get to this in a second. So, I, you know, I cover more than just college football. And like, the NBA is just kicking up. Uh, NFL, obviously, some different things. And every person I've talked to outside of college athletics is asking me about last weekend and Mm -hmm. just everybody like you got nba general managers like man that scene at tennessee that spectacle like it it, it's just amazing how big that weekend was and those visuals were to cut through i mean look if you're preparing for uh for the nfl guys live in a freaking cave and the nba guys are prepared they got a little more (laughs) they got a little more free time i think screw around but um you know, you're preparing for your season opener in a day or two. You're not necessarily <laughs> kicking back and watching college football, but it broke through in a, in a really big way, which I found pretty interesting. So I'm going to get to this topic, uh, which leads to this Ross college football playoff hmm. vote meeting is Thursday in Dallas. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. They're going to meet. Uh, this will be the third meeting since the president's adopted the 12 team playoff in kind of, Sent it to the commissioners to uh, examine whether or not they can, um, you know, they can expand early before the 2026 season. So they've been working on this thing. Uh, This was always kind of circled as the big meeting. I kind of thought this would be a a point where they would have, it would come out and have a decision like, hey, we're expanding in 2024 or 2025 or not. I don't know if that's the case anymore. I don't know that they're going to come out and say that, I mean, it's still possible, but I feel like there's a little bit of work to be be done. They scheduled to meet for eight hours on Thursday. So um, I was talking to one of them 
earlier this week and it's at the Grand Hyatt at DFW and he just like he was like, I am so tired of the Grand Hyatt at DFW. Like it just they're just they've been meeting there so much. So uh we'll see. We'll see if they get it done. Um it's funny, Dan, I know you want to talk about you know the home field situation. I was on the phone with a, uh, another commissioner who who mentioned, well, after after this past weekend, maybe we should have quarterfinals at home, he said. And mm. I thought, well, yeah, <laughs> how about that? <laughs> I will, uh, yes. Now, look, we have a lot of administrators listening to this pod. Commissioners, athletic directors, coaches. They may not all admit it. I understand. I'm going to create a secret handshake, I think. <laughs> <laughs> some kind of symbol, some little, yeah, little like, sign, sign, you know, yeah. Little, little like, well, yeah, some kind of head nod. Like, I, I, I know, I know. You don't want to, <laughs> don't, because we're probably ripping your buddy later. <laughs> you don't have to admit it, but when you when they start debating people's court decisions <laughs> we've made, like, you know, you should totally sue the Pop-Tart people, then I know you're a real listener. So you, you, there's a tell there, okay? That's not normal conversation. Anyway, my final appeal. Now, I have been arguing. If you're going to adopt this thing, I have been arguing this for a long time. Home field, the best thing college football has going for it, one of the best things, is the stage, is yep. the atmosphere, is the backdrop. These historic stadiums, these beautiful campuses, the traditions, all of that. I spent a long time uh, in a, in opposition research ripping apart the entire bowl structure and showing how corrupt it is and the cronyism to the point where I had commissioners sitting there low and wait, how's this work? What is going on here? Wait, why'd that guy get a wedding that might have been free at that hotel we overpaid $400 a night for? Gee, I don't know. I don't know. Kind of coincidence, isn't it? All of that stuff. But last weekend, as you just said, Ross, may have made my point better than ever. And, and it goes back to something we talked about a couple weeks ago, where the colleges, these athletic departments have tried to make it so fans will actually go into the game and stay. <laughs> they, college football home games are exponentially better today than even five years ago, let alone 10. That scene at Tennessee, and I'll put it this way. I was at the Michigan game. Pat, you were at the Utah game. Ross, yep. you were at Tennessee. We were at three spectacular venues. Even Michigan, which is pretty, I would say, half in on the full-on, it's still pretty traditional. But they have a DJ. They have a maze out. They have these luxury boxes now that make the stadium bigger and louder and, and, and add a lot of uh, amenities they have a sing along. They all the kids all sing Mr. Brightside, and they they have different traditions. That's not even the light shows, the concerts, the whole thing. When when Tennessee wins, fifteen years ago, they win, and some kids storm the field, and everyone else just leaves. Now there is orange fireworks immediately, lights flashing, the. PA immediately jumps in to troll Alabama by playing Dixieland Delight, <laughs> which they play at Alabama uh, games at the third quarter. That's like their tradition it's from the band Alabama. And it does say, does talk about Tennessee Saturday nights. And if you, I, I should do a dramatic reading of that song. <laughs> I mean, that thing is like X rated. <laughs> you, have you seen this song? No. I'm going to do it someday. Okay. Not the time. 
It's basically about getting in your truck with somebody and going. Okay. I mean, that's it. That's yeah. the whole song. <laughs> kind of funny, but it's phenomenal now. Every yeah. part of the game is so good. Even more than before, when you watch that Saturday, how in the world do you possibly say that game should be played a thousand miles away in Miami Gardens and it's 50-50 and really only our richest fans can go every week and we've all been to bowl games. They can be good atmospheres, but they're not that. No. Why in the world? This is your moment to do what you all know is right, and there is no counter-argument to. <laughs> there is no counter-argument, <laughs> period. <laughs> no argument. Hold on, Jose Don't even try. Don't even <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get Nick Carparelli to, to weigh in yes, on that. Yes, uh, he will have a counter-argument, I guarantee. Uh, Nick is a very good guy, <laughs> yeah. and I've known Nick a long time, but uh, no. Let me offer. Let me offer this, and I, I'm I'm with you. Obviously, I, I think. Shoot, man, I think the whole the whole playoff semifinals as well should be on everything campus. but the championship game, yeah, like yeah, the NFL. Absolutely, because I think that that is what makes college football and college sports great is is campus venues and student sections and all that stuff. But I'll argue this, and it was brought up to me by one of the commissioners when I asked this question. He mentioned, "Well, you know, after this weekend, maybe we should have game quarterfinals in the." on campus and and we started talking more about that and he brought up an interesting point he said the cfp is such a small group that he doesn't believe they'll be able to operate all of those games you know when you give it off to the bowl the quarters and semis, when you give it off to the bowl, the bowl operates it, basically. The CFP does not. The CFP just still basically operates the championship game. They'll have a, they'll have to do with the first four rounds. I didn't think about it that way, but here, here's what I was thinking when he said that was, well, just create another unit that has more people, hire more staff. Uh, yes, in the- I was going to, yeah, I'm letting you. It, it's well, not only hard. they had some money <laughs> yeah. to hire a couple extra guys. It's only $450 million additional uh, millions to uh, to expand. So it's not, you know, it's it's like okay. they, they do have the money. Yeah. Bill yeah. Hancock does not have to run 11 games. You're right. Okay. <laughs> we do not need Bill Hancock overwhelmed. You hire some more. <laughs> you, you hire a... College football playoff <laughs> venue Opera. operation team or whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean, it just, yeah. And and you lean on the universities. It also doesn't have to have well, all of the pomp and circumstance yes. of this stuff. I mean, look, we love that they go and try to see who can eat, which offensive line can eat more steak and things like that. <laughs> and who but you don't better. have to have that. The quote-unquote no. bowl experience. NFL playoffs, you're flying in like a normal game. You show up. The ticket distribution should be exactly the same. Right. Maybe there's some for some, you know, uh, corporate sponsors, but not much. It should be home fields. You lean on the schools and the school and the town are going to make so much damn money that they're happy to do it. Or, you know, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think Knoxville or Tennessee is going to really worry about or, or Tuscaloosa are going to go, well, we got to pay the police overtime now. <laughs> the old town's going to make, you know, stop. Put the money into Tuscaloosa or, you know, in, in Michigan, like in Michigan, Kitty Corner, you guys know, is uh, a big school, Pioneer High School in right. Ann Arbor. Yep. And they pack that thing with cars and RVs, millions in money that goes to the public school system in Ann Arbor. 
because of the luckiness, the, the, the fortuitousness of having this huge parking lot. I'm sure the Ann Arbor Public Schools and the, the mayor of Ann Arbor, well, this is working. Let's have as many home games as we can get. Hey. So it's all that stuff. Yeah. No, if you listen to those people, the ADs and people in those towns, like, yeah, if we could play 12 home games, we would. Sure. Well, here's your chance. A couple of things. I, I will say, they, one of the things that stuck with me from sitting down with Sankey in August is uh, he is not a fan of simple answers. He said that, that most of these answers of things they deal with are not simple. He said, when, if, the, if somebody comes back to him and says, well, if you only do this, that ticks him off because it's not that easy. So there's more to it than that, I am sure. But to the point, yes, more games on campuses, more games in those stadiums. The, the show is incredible. I went last night because I'm an idiot to see the Broncos play the Chargers <laughs> in the phenomenal SoFi Stadium. And that stadium, I've never been in anything like it. it there is no stadium I have ever seen in the United States that can six compare billion. to that. Six it is, billion dollars. Six good. billion. It'll go a long way, even it in was, L.A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, the venue is absolutely unbelievable. But the atmosphere there is not like it is at a – and that's where the national championship is going to be, right? Right. But the atmosphere there is not like it's going to be the it is for a big game on a college state campus. It's just not. So uh, you you miss something. Even if you go to the most state-of-the-art stadium, you take out a lot of the passion and fan fervor that you get when you play at Neyland Stadium or at Bryant-Denny or at the Big House or at Rice-Eccles Stadium. So you, you, you just do. You, you get... You lose the student section. No, no fan base right. has the student section, right? right. You lose the band. Mm-hmm. You lose the like. Do this, right? Eagles played sat Sunday night, beat the Cowboys. I, I've been to playoff games at the Eagles. I've been playing, and I cover the playoffs every year. The the environments are incredible. Arrowhead Stadium, right? The fans aren't any less into it in, in Arrowhead or or in Philly or Green Bay, wherever any any NFL team than they are at Tennessee and Alabama and Ohio State. You walk out of Philly and you step out, you're not on a college campus or in a little town where there's bars and restaurants two blocks away. You are in a parking lot surrounded by interstate. You walk out of Arrowhead, it's a parking lot surrounded by, there's something else to the whole bit. And so as good as those are, it's not as good as a college campus. But whenever colleges play in a pro stadium it always feels like they're like it never it's like awkward like no one knows quite where to sit where's the band like you you, there's something about it it's like we're here but this isn't our thing yeah you really can't replicate it the way you can like the the only superdome which might be the best and i mean the rose bowl is fantastic but these other ones no the atmosphere in miami and and, and jerry world and the Georgia Georgia Dome was smaller and so it was louder I liked that one when you get like at the SEC championship game there but it also no longer exists so can't play much there right now (laughs) for a while we had a run of neutral site games we still have neutral site games but a lot of schools are going to the home and homes right I think they realize their season ticket sales and home attendance and stuff will be better off going to the home and homes with power five teams uh, or power five opponents instead of uh, these neutral site games. But let, let's cut through the, the crap here. These administrators, you know, they do like to say, and I'm sure I'm going to get a call, calls for saying this, but they do like to say 
that, you know, we don't do this for the money. We don't do that for the money. But I, I know <laughs> they do neutral site games for the money. I mean, they've told me they do neutral site games for the money, right? You, you don't go to a road game and get $500,000 for the road, for the return road trip. Instead, you play two games at a neutral site and you each get $5 million each year. Right, so right. they do that for the money, but they are starting to wise up. And I think Alabama actually is a pretty good example of this, their latest home stretch. They are playing home games. Why are they playing home games? Because fans want them, because it's an incredible experience and because Forget about the money for a while. We can get season ticket sales. We can increase our season ticket sales. So all of this is because of the college on-campus stadium experience. And uh, I think um, I think last weekend showed why it's so great. So long time, the Bulls have had like a, a iron grip on this sport. And there's always been cronyism. There's been misunderstanding of the, the finances, all the different things. There's also this with the coaches they, who may not care. There are a number of control free coaches who, as one AD put it to me, my coach would play 12 neutral site yep. games if he could. Yep. He, Avoid he road would games. give up the home yep. if he never had to go on a road. Yeah. And, you know, we, we discussed this with basketball, like John Calipari at Kentucky. He, he'll always try to just pull, let's just play Barclay Center. Let's just play up in yeah. United Center, right? He's going to, uh, they're playing Gonzaga this year. Ah, it's Spokane Civic. Like, there's no yeah. imagination. No. Right? No. It's like, there's no, like, let's do it. I'm going, let's go into Cameron, belly of the beast. Let's do right. this, right? No. And yeah. instead, it's like, no, I got to control things. I'd rather be around some recruits. And I get it. It's probably the best, best strategy. I can't argue with it. But these coaches make money because of all of this other stuff. Right. Yeah. And if if Bill Belichick and Andy Reid and all these guys can go on the road for an NFC, AFC championship game and you earn it, like you want to make every game matter, the fight to be a top two seed becomes massive. Mm. The top, you, You're now fighting to get in. Then you're fighting to get a top eight because you'll host five through eight, will host the first round. Then you're fighting to get one through four because you get a bye. And you're fighting to be top two because you're going to host that championship game. And that's why, you know, it, it works. And people go, well, you can rest starters. Oh, in the NFL, it's different. It's only 32 teams, got 17 games. You can do the math on the sample size. We did all this before. It, it's not the same. But, like, you're going to fight to the end to be, oh, my God, we got to be. So is Alabama out of this playoff? They're not out now. No, but they know right now they're probably out of a top two seed, and that matters. And like they could be out of a top two seed, they've lost their ability. So it's just it would make the regular season better. But enough with the well, coach. You know, coach doesn't <laughs> coach doesn't want to have to go play that. That's not fair. The NCAA <laughs> basketball tournament we know too. Basketball's different. The atmosphere at NCAA basketball game tournament is awful. It is now I mean, most places sparsely attended and small sections of the fans who actually care about the teams. So, and then they go to dinner when their team wins Yeah, right. and they're out and you yeah. have to play two games a weekend. You can't travel it. It's a different sport. Yeah. Right? You know, baseball does, they'll play super regionals in their home stadiums. Mm -hmm. Hockey screws it up and doesn't. And they go to these like weird, like no, no one wants to host the hockey tournament, so they're in like Wilkes Bear and Worcester. <laughs> Nobody's there. <laughs> I'm like sure it would never happen, but ba but basketball having 
a similar arrangement as how baseball does regionals and super regionals at home would be pretty cool. That would be fun. Be incredible. The yeah, the problems the the structure of like yeah. you got to bring four teams in. Yeah. You'd have the same problem, right? And then how do you divide the tickets at a you know, what if you're playing at Cameron? It's 9,000 yeah. seats, you know, and it's not it's not the home court. Well, and this is this could be an issue for football. And it, it hasn't really been written or talked about a lot, but it's been brought up to me uh, inside the commissioner's room that has been discussed. Say you have, and this probably was going to happen at some point. Say you have a 10-seed Florida one year playing at 7-seed, you know. TCU. TC, yeah, there you go. TCU is a good one. Yeah. Small right? stadium. The stadium is half the size. Revenue. Mm-hmm. Half the mm-hmm. half the amount, right? But it's um, not about the money. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Money. And that has been that has been brought up. And I think the response is, "Hey, there's seven seed, ten seed. That's it. That's what we're not we're not touching this deal." Because it sounds like a couple in the room brought that up as a concern, and everybody else was like, "Hey, this is the seating. We don't need to touch this." You know, good. But watch, I, that's it's a come fair up. point. But over the course of, I mean, how many of those are there? And we're talking forty thousand. Yeah. Tickets, yeah, like you're not going to have it very often. Maybe once every what, six to what, eight years, you might what have a situation. What are the TV like ratings when you're watching the end of that Tennessee game? And like I said, everyone in the country is talking about the spectacle, mm. right? Right, the spe- and, that you don't get when you're at some spot. I mean, they're going to go. They're going to, you know, these bowl games. How do you go to every game? Yeah, if you're if you're Alabama or say you're Whatever, uh, Tennessee f- makes it. May- say they win out. They're number one. They go to the SEC championship game. Then they go to the quarterfinals. They got to, okay, so the SEC championship game is in Atlanta. Then you then the, the quarterfinal is going to be in uh, Miami. You got to fly to that one. You win. Then you got to go to Glendale for the for the uh, semifinals. Yep. You got to fly out to that. Then you got to go to the championship game in LA, whatever it's going to be, right? Or wherever it's at. Who's doing that? Yeah, Who's got the, that much the, time off? Who can the only it? people who can do it are the super rich retired, right? And and they don't make for great atmosphere. Nope. No, some students, really rich ones, plenty of rich students. Well, you'll just, have reduced Susan's student tickets, but yeah, just getting out there, right, will be a problem for right. a student. I mean, now yeah. a lot of bowl games and, are in the South. That does help the SEC. I mean, you got Atlanta, Miami, New Orleans, Dallas, but still, you have to have the time off. Yeah, it's early January. I mean, yeah, even as, as it is now where you're talking about two rounds, I, I know people that like have kids at some of the schools that are, could well be in the playoffs at Georgia or Alabama or whatever. And they're like, yeah, you know, my, my son or daughter's trying to decide which one to go to. They're not going to both. Right. You know, right. it's like you may be able to go to one. But, yep. And that's a, if you add layers to the playoff, you, you get fewer and fewer people that can go to all the rounds. Look, be imaginative is what I'm asking these people. <laughs> Don't tell me about. <laughs> It's not about the money. You just USC is playing in the Big Ten. Uh, <laughs> stop looking at ways not to do this. You, everyone knows this is the right thing to do. Yeah, everyone knows the NFL does this correctly. Everyone knows that if you were starting from scratch, no one would come up and say, "Hey, you know what we should do with our." <laughs> Our seven most valuable games, give them away. <laughs> Let's cut somebody else in on the pie. Nobody would do this. So here it is. 
Last chance. Thank you for giving us the, the, the first round. <laughs> but you know you're going to change this. Come through for us. Well, let, let's just hope that they approve it early and we get an expanded playoff early and to put a bow on this CFP conversation. Uh, there are two issues right now that have arisen that, you know, are are complicating things and, and they're probably the two biggest hurdles, I think, in the way of them expanding early. And one is well, just what we're talking about, the logistics of hosting a midweek game on a campus, shutting down a campus on a Wednesday or Thursday in hosting a midweek game in the first round, because that. that is probably going to happen. So they've got a subcommittee of ADs that have been exploring and examining this issue. So that's an issue. And then, big surprise, the money is another issue. The revenue distribution model oh, yeah. is contracted through 2025. So if they do expand early, those two years in 24 and 25, the revenue distribution model they've used is in the contract and you would think they would be required to go with this revenue distribution model. However, there are two leagues, you can guess who they are, that have expanded and have a lot of big <laughs> brands that want the revenue distribution model to change in 24 and 25, and they are getting some pushback. So that is something to watch. Yeah. How about that? Got to fight over the money. Got to yeah. fight over the money. I, I will say it. real quick about the, the midweek game situation, two mm. things you could do there. One – School may not be in session, depending on the timing of these things. Now, for the first round games, okay, you might still have students there. <laughs> Here, Graduation, the other... I think, is the big event, Pat. Uh, I think. There yeah, you go. The okay. Commencement yeah, is usually that week or weekend. But yeah, yeah you're right. School's usually not in session. Yeah. But uh, the other thing you could do is tell TV, now we got to play on Friday, Saturday. You could tell TV what to do as opposed to TV always telling you what to do. Concept. Yeah. Yep. Wild, I know. I, I I know the NFL is an absolute beast. I get it. I cover the league. There, there was a there was a Pittsburgh Steeler Detroit Lion preseason game, week three of the preseason. Two god awful teams. <laughs> they had a preseason game without even the starters. Like you couldn't even like if there's a random guy going, boy, I really love that. I really love watching Jared Goff. <laughs> <laughs> They played on a Sunday afternoon and 7.3 million people watched the game. Are that would serious? rank in the top five of all the college broadcasts. So I get it. Yeah, beast. But I think with a playoff, you can sit there and fight on that Saturday where the NFL's crouched in or make some freaking deal with the NFL and say, hey, we're coming back. We need that day. And I don't know what, yeah. I, I don't even know if that's possible, but you sit there and say, look, some of those Saturday games, people are watching the NFL because they're going to watch the NFL, but they're watching because they're gambling. And you sit there and say, "Hey, man, we got we got Alabama visiting Tennessee, but now it's a it's a, it's a playoff game, and they've got you know the Broncos because we thought they'd be good." Mm. Sorry, Pat. No, they suck. What <laughs> 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 scheduled to go to Cleveland? I don't know. It's there. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. But this is why you all get paid a ton of freaking money. No, and there aren't any uh, administrative salaries going down. They're exploring the options. I think they've gone over having a game Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, and then one Saturday. They've explored Thursday, Friday, two Saturday, Thursday, two Friday, one Saturday. So there's different different things that they've done. You know, the 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 Saturday 
that Saturday the NFL starts playing. The game they have two games usually, and it's it's weird times. I think I need to go back and look, but I think it's like a kickoff at two, and then the other one kicks off at like five or six. I think so, it's four thirty and eight or something. Four, or four, four, is it that late? See, if it is yeah, that I'll late, look, then they could play. A, obviously, they could play at noon. You know, they could play at noon, yeah. and then they'd have to play. They're going to play two on Saturday. One game would just be competing uh, with those yeah. NFL games, uh, yeah. just plain and simple. Now they've they've talked a lot about the Thursday night and competing with Amazon. Uh, there's some real mm. talk about do we want to compete with Amazon on Thursday night? And I think a lot of the room is like, heck with it. Yeah. You know, we'll be on linear. They'll be on digital. Let's do it. So. All right. I looked it up. So it's 430 and 815. That's why it's a little weird because it's like I remember that I agree with you on that. That's when they play on Saturday this week, this year. And this is a complication that the playoff committee has to deal with. I get it. But again, we're talking billions here. The NFL is playing all their like week 16 games on a Saturday because it's New Year's uh, Christmas Eve. Not they don't want to play on Christmas Day. Mm. So I, I get it. It ain't easy. I'm just saying. I don't know why that is any easier if you're playing in bowl games. But by weeks, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, you still have to play the games. Yeah. So it's where. And yeah, it's hard on a college campus to do weeknights. But again, things change when it's a playoff. Like, you know, can fans will adjust for a playoff. It's still easier to get to your home stadium yeah. on a Thursday night than it is right. to get to Glendale, Arizona. Right. I think it's more logistics on campus, shutting down a campus. You yeah. Know. But, well, I mean, they, they can, can do it. Go- I mean, they can do it. They know they can do it. In fact, one of the commissioners <laughs> said to me when we were talking about this subject, basically he said, it's all you know, they can do it. Like, <laughs> they can do it, you know? Like, let's get it done. We can do it. Like, it's an issue. It's going to be difficult, but we can do it, you know? Yeah, and again, that's the, thing. the like, school's going to make so much money. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go to these games, and then most people listening go to games. It's everything. It's the grocery store. It's yep. the hotels and the bars, sure, the liquor store. Yep. It's the it's the CVS. It's the, it's the guy who's got a house, the, the old couple with a house two blocks from the stadium that makes you know, 500 bucks parking cars in his front yard. Yeah. Yeah. It's I the, wish I the, would have parked in one of those last night near SoFi. <laughs> they, were, they were selling in the yard for 45. I ended up paying 80 to park in the garage right by the wow. stadium. <laughs> Look at there. LA, mm-hmm. giving, giving some bucks to LA, the great city of Los Angeles, <laughs> yeah. aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I, uh, no, these are, these are all good points. I, I think that also on the money issue, I want to say, you know, most of the ticket sales, if not all the ticket sales, will go to the CFP. But as you're saying, concessions, parking, just the community yeah. in general, the grocery, the food. I mean, it's just a big boon for the whole place. The big mistake they'll make on the playoff games on campus is if they try to divide the stadium with tickets. No, I, and, I don't. Right. I, it has I doubt to be a home that. game. That has been a big topic. That has been a topic I, I've heard that there's been some argument about, too. But I, I don't expect them to be like some 50-50. No, I think it'll be more so you get— Just like it normally a, a, is. A normal allotment maybe a little more, but I think it's, it's going to be more like a normal lot. It's definitely not going to be like some Georgia, Florida, you know, 50-50, right. Texas, Oklahoma. Yeah. Don't screw don't it up that. and reward home field on that. Yeah. All right, we, That's a good question, though. I'm going to come in blazing with that question on Thursday. Thank you, Dan. Let's do it. Let's do it. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. 
The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, speaking of the playoff, let's talk about some of these. This playoff race is sort of sh- shook out a little bit mm. at this point. Yep. Mid-season playoff race. And it, essentially, it's like, I mean, we have, I think, nine undefeated teams. If any of them went out, they're going to make it. Uh, I can't see, like, even an undefeated UCLA or undefeated T- Syracuse or TCU yeah. being and three left of them out. play each other. I think right. Only only six right. could go undefeated. Yeah, could finish. Six undefeated. can go undefeated. But if you win out, you're going to make it, yep. right? Yeah. Everyone agrees. Yep. I mm-hmm. mean, that's like uh, Cincinnati would be the best uh, group of five. They lost to Arkansas. If they had had a nice win at Arkansas, maybe they got some kind of case. But I don't see anyone coming out of there. So thoughts on uh, on the ACC? I'm looking for like what one lost team can make this right. So Clemson, Syracuse, and North Carolina would be teams that could get there with one loss that I guess would have an argument. If Clemson loses to Syracuse at home, they would, and then win out, they could still, they would need help to get into the ACC championship game. Syracuse would have to stumble twice. I don't know if that's happening. They would have non-conference wins over South Carolina and then a, a, what's a, now a lousy Notre Dame team. Carolina has already lost to Notre Dame. That can't be good. And I don't believe the Q's can make it with one loss either. So, but if Clemson or Syracuse goes on beat, is that their only hope in the ACC? Realistic. Probably. You know, I mean, they, what they would, they would need some real attrition, like in the, in the SEC and big 10 for teams to, to, to a lot of teams to end up with two losses instead of one loss, because I don't think they, they win, a lot of one-loss resume contests. It might depend who the loss is to. But, you know, I, th- I think Clemson's a little bit, the the wins over North Carolina State and Wake Forest are a little underappreciated uh, at this yeah. point. But on the whole, you know, the whole ACC body of work, I don't think is going to be, like, good enough to just to stand up toe-to-toe with a one-loss team from, well, as I said, SEC, the SEC. when and we get 10. to them, we've got a whole bunch of contenders. So. Yeah. All right, Big Ten, Ohio State, Michigan are on a crash course uh, to win it, to play both 11-0 and at the end of the year. We'll see if they get there. The intriguing one to me is Illinois. Mm-hmm. So if Illinois <laughs> were quite incredibly to win out <laughs> and then win the – so to win out, they would, they would beat Michigan at Michigan – and pr- maybe they beat Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. They'd and their in. only loss is an – right? They'd get in. They'd get in, yeah. At Michigan and then Ohio State, yeah, they. I would imagine that they would. And even with a loss to a terrible Indiana team. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Illinois yeah. controlling its own destiny. Yeah, they do. They do. I mean – it's there for them. <laughs> yeah, Pat, you look like you have a 
You have a look of doubt on your face that Illinois could go undefeated, which would include <laughs> wins at the big house and against Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. How could you doubt them? Come on. <laughs> we're, we're about the truth here, not about the laundry. <laughs> That's right. A lion eye to the playoff. I don't know, but there it is. I'm looking at this thing. I actually like their chances with one loss better than Michigan or Ohio State because Michigan and Ohio State don't get to beat both of themselves, right? Right, yeah. yeah. And I mean, Michigan played no one in the non-conference. Right. And Ohio State played no one in the non-conference because Notre Dame sucks. Yep, yep. Yeah. No fault of their own. They thought they had a top five game. They're going to end up with a 500 game. Might not yeah. even be bowl. You know, who knows? They're bowl eligible at that, the end. That is honestly is a bit. Uh, it, it is interesting to think of all right, which team loses that game in Columbus. And at 11 and 1, do you have a resume that stacks up? That's where Michigan may regret playing that terrible non conference schedule. Ohio State can't control how bad Notre Dame is, but, you know, either way. They could have an issue. Illinois' non-conference victories over Virginia and Wyoming may rank better than anything Ohio State and Michigan. Yeah. I don't know. Virginia's awful. I know, I know, and Wyoming is Wyoming. But nobody's got anything. So kind of weird. Kind of weird. But there we are. Presumably Penn State could somehow still get there too, but I, you know, they need Michigan to lose twice. Yeah. A whole lot. Yeah. All right. Big 12, TCU, obviously, if they win out, they're there. That includes a big game against Kansas State. This weekend, Kansas State might be the only other one I can envision, but they're dealing with a loss to Tulane, <laughs> although Tulane could end up 11-1. and one. Yeah. And then yeah. that's and they're ranked now, and that may not be seen. It's a 17-10 loss. Could K-State with one loss be a viable contender? <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you, 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 as you said, like what it would do, it would require the committee to, to value Tulane as a, mm. someone that's not bad to lose to and yeah. we'll see if they could, if they could do that. But, but if, if you're K state to get there, then you would have had to beat at some point, well, you have to beat TCU. You have to beat Oklahoma State. You probably have to beat one of those teams again, or Texas. Texas. Uh, again, in the Big 12 championship game. Well, I like the possibilities of that a lot more than Illinois beating um, yeah. <laughs> well, Ohio yeah. State. Well, yeah. 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 Not out of the question. Right. No. That's the thing in the Big 12 you've got is we've talked about. You, you have basically no bad teams, you have a higher floor than maybe any other conference. But you might also have a lower ceiling. And yeah. so how good are the wins? I just think I, I look and see everybody's pretty even. And unless TCU runs the table, a one-loss Big 12 team, eh, we'll see. Well, come November 5th, we'll know a lot about K-State. Their next three games are all against top 20 teams at TCU, against Oklahoma State, and against Texas. So, All right, and get Pac-12. Bruins are 6-0. and They went out, sure. Oregon, USC each have one loss. Utah has two at this point. I think they're out. Yeah. Uh, I don't see that. I don't know how they even get a one-loss Oregon. Oregon's got that dreadful defeat to Georgia. Yeah. And it's, gosh, I just feel like even if their resume with, like, statistically or whatever, they sit in that room. And someone argues, hey, you should put them in at the, oh, we're setting them up with Georgia again? 
Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, no, I, I don't know. Yeah, Florida's if Georgia's the one seed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now UCLA could lose. We don't know who UCLA might lose to, but uh, they well, don't they play, have. A, they play Oregon this week. Right. Right. So, big game. Big game. And like if yeah, if you're if you're Oregon, you've got to say. You, 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 we're we're twelve and one. We've beaten UCLA maybe twice. We've uh, you know we've 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 dominated this league. We just weren't ready that first week, and we were playing a great team. Otherwise, we're very good. Look at us. If you're USC, you're saying we lost by one point on the road against a good team at the very end. Uh, if you can get through, if you can beat UCLA, the problem USC's problem. Their non-conference schedule isn't good either because yeah. they're counting on Notre Dame being the big game. Yeah, Notre Dame's screwing everything. And Notre Dame is messing people up. <laughs> yeah, they're the spoiler by you now. You like playoff spoiler is the one that <laughs> upsets somebody. They're the spoiler because they keep losing everybody. Yeah. <laughs> they're screwing Clemson, Ohio State, State USC. and USC. <laughs> <laughs> Notre Dame, the schedule anchor. Hey, the Irish always like being involved. You know, so you yeah. got you got some. Don't say it's a lost season. You're messing everybody up. Your, your arch rivals hate you even more. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, UCLA's again non-conference. Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama, and yeah. you know what? If you punish these teams for playing nobody, then good. Yeah, but I had yeah. no sympathy for that. That's UCLA an atrocious game. UCLA can blame Michigan for dropping the non-conference. That's right. That's right. And and Michigan can kick themselves for dropping them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. I think because if either one's sitting on that victory, that's a whole different ball game. And so, obviously, someone's going to win the game. Yeah, yep. yeah. I think yeah. Oregon gets you know you know reward Oregon. I don't know anybody wants to see another one versus four, and I doubt they would do that. But I do like rewarding you know a team that flew across the country and played in the state against you know the reigning champions. I mean, there's something to that. Yep. Yeah. All right, and then SEC is going to work itself out. Georgia's going to play Tennessee. Ole Miss is going to play Alabama. Obviously, any of these teams went out, including Alabama, they're in. It's going to be, can you get that second team in? Because these other leagues all have pretty good contenders. And I guess if either Tennessee or Georgia need to get to get to Atlanta unbeaten and then lose, or... I, I don't think you're going to have, like, remember the year Alabama got in and didn't even play in the championship game? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't see that, that happening. Right. Like, if Tennessee loses to, I'll put it this way, if Tennessee loses to Georgia or Georgia loses to Tennessee, oh, maybe. Georgia loses either one of those. You could have three. All three could be one loss. There's a, there's a, there's a way right. where all three, Alabama, Tennessee, and Georgia, could all, could all have one loss. Uh, I yeah. think the way that it would have to happen That's would, right. be, okay. would be jo- Georgia beating Tennessee. Alabama beats the Georgia-Tennessee winner. Yeah, yeah exactly. Alabama beats Tennessee-Georgia in the cha- SEC championship game, and then they, they all would have one loss in. You obviously would have to take the SEC championship game winner, I think, but then the question is, wow, which one do you take? <laughs> and you know what the answer is? They pro- They might leave them both out, so they don't have to get into that argument. <laughs> Incredible. Or, I mean, Joe. Sankey's saying take three. Oh, yeah. He's saying take three. Right. Yeah. The one, two, and four seed from the SEC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it may not be wrong. That's the thing. Don't do it, right? Dan. No. Don't do it. 
<laughs> I don't know, man. Like, this is why you have a committee, because you're supposed to go. Just means more. You're supposed mm-hmm. to look at it and not say we can't do that. Right. Right. I mean, Georgia's sitting on a, you know, a, a destruction of Oregon. Perhaps the most impressive non-conference win was just them just housing Oregon. Yeah, I, I don't even think it's a perhaps. I think it absolutely yeah. is. Right. Tennessee's got a win at Pitt. Not bad. And Alabama beat what? Who'd they Texas, beat? Texas. At Texas. Texas. Which, you at know. Texas, and they could get going. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're sitting there with th- these one losses and you're comparing it to like a one loss uh, Big Ten team, you're going, no, you, get, you guys played nobody. We just talked. I, it's setting up as a possibility, and it would be, uh, <laughs> oh, oh my. Yeah, people would lose their minds. But the committee has to have the courage to do it. Yeah. If hey. that's what the if that's what it says, do it. Yes, the charge from from Mike's live on down at the when they were first conceptualizing this four best teams. That was the that was the the duty of the committee to come up with the four best teams. What if the SEC has three of them? Is you know, and then you could be like one old Miss could lose. Yeah, let's what if they have four of them? Old Miss <laughs> could lose at Bama. I mean, look, Bama's lost. <laughs> yeah, Ole Miss could be eleven and one too. But, but yeah. Bama is the proverbial like, well, what if you lose on the road on the last second kick, right? Yeah, yes. I mean, yeah, so right. it's like yeah. it's the most understandable of losses. They're gonna get in. Yeah, they'd get in. They win in the SEC. But they if they in. went out, they'll get in. Yeah. But say Ole Miss loses on the last second kick to Alabama, and Alabama. I don't know. This is or Tennessee loses at Georgia on the last second kick, and that's their only defeat. Four SEC and teams at eleven and one. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> Here's okay. You know, let's oh just God. assume, let's assume the ACC kind of eats each other up and everybody like, you know, the, you end up with a one loss champion there, big 12, one loss or two loss champion. And then here, let's make a- Illinois, the agent of chaos. Okay. <laughs> Illinois wins it out. Yeah. They, well, or they, at least they, they get to the championship game 11 and one. And then they lose there, okay? They they beat Michigan. Give Michigan a loss. Michigan beats Ohio State. Yeah. Michigan uh, gets in. Yeah. Oh, that, the Big Ten still, champs getting in. Yeah. Look, if, if if everybody wins out, but it's very easy for right, ACC, Pac-12, and Big 12 can absolutely cannibalize themselves. I would think yeah. in this situation, the Big Ten champ is going to get in. Because, I, right. I mean... Michigan and Ohio State lose more than to each other. I, it's a big upset. Right, right. Illinois could have to beat Michigan twice. Yeah. <laughs> I yep. just love Illinois being in this discussion. <laughs> That's uh-huh. why the sport is the sport. <laughs> we have three SEC teams in Illinois. Someone's like, who the hell designed this playoff? What the? TCUs. Yeah. Well, uh, that's why you need a little bigger one. Wild, though, man. I mean, imagine being Tennessee or Georgia and losing that one. But hey, that's why, you yeah. know, there's a lot of pressure down the stretch here in the SEC. Or the lane train upsets it all. Who knows? Sure. Who knows? Anyway, that is uh, that is the wildness. Pat, you were out at UCLA. Mm-hmm. What'd you learn? Well, I learned Chip Kelly runs the most impressive practices I've ever seen. I mean, in terms of... Like, they practice every bit the way they play. You know, he's the godfather of tempo football. That they, they are in constant motion. And I've been to a lot of practice. Everybody practices fast, and you're running between. 
I've never seen anybody that that has a more just tightened up practice in terms of no downtime for anybody. I mean, it, it is somebody is constantly drilling something all the time. And one thing Chip Chip likes calling it training as opposed to practice because he thinks you know training is is they are training themselves to play a game the way that they practice. So uh, it, it was super impressive. Quarterback uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, super impressive, really smart. Talk to Jake Bobo, the transfer from Duke, who's extremely smart. And <laughs> Jake Bobo laughed. He said. We're older than dirt, and that's kind of one of the keys to this team. They got a bunch of fifth-year guys, sixth-year guys. Most of them have stayed there and kind of gone through the lumps together, and they're just a, they're a very mature team. So, uh, you know, they, they, they're intriguing. It just, it's fun to see Chip Kelly kind of back in his element near the top of the sport again because he is, he's one of those savant guys in terms of, of scheme and game plan and strategy. All right. Also, Pat, you're 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 really working this week. You're really actually doing, <laughs> as opposed to all the weeks where I do nothing. Right? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you're working. You had a rather uh, eye popping quote from the, uh, although not really that surprising, from uh, Utah AD. Uh, why don't you lay that one on us? Because it is a, it is a topic we discuss here. On. Yeah, I sat down with uh, Mark Harlan, the AD at, at Utah on Friday, the day before they had uh, USC in. Huge, huge home game. And we were just, you know, talking about the state of things. And Kyle Whittingham was just an absolute, you know, pillar of of that program. He's been there for, this is, I think, his 18th year as the head coach. Replaced Urban Meyer, was his assistant, and has never left and has made them really just consistently good. But he's, you can tell, he's a bit frustrated with the current way of the world. He's not necessarily wired for a a world where collectives are paying recruits up front to go to school. Uh, and, you know, the term that, that Harlan used was that he's worried that basically you can't outwork people anymore. You work and work and work in recruiting, and then somebody sails in with a bag of cash and says, here, come to our school. Which, of course, has Up been the America. way it's happened before, under the table. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Harlan told me, quote, we had a player who was offered, I believe, about a million dollars to pull him over to another team by a collective. I called that AD and had a discussion, right? And he's frustrated. Everybody's frustrated. Because this was a friend. It was a friendly call. It was just to say, listen, it happened. My colleague was embarrassed is not the right word, but he was frustrated. So it was interesting to me. He did not name the school. He did not name the player. But that an AD would talk publicly about this. Yeah, this is the way of the world now. We've got this collective out here that's tied to this school just tampering, going and saying, we, we want your player, we want this guy, and we're willing to pay him this amount of money. And then apparently the player went to the school and said, hey, uh, I'm being, the people are attempting to buy me. If you, you can figure, it's, if it's a million dollars, it's probably a quarterback, although there's some other NFL caliber players on the uh on the Utah roster, but if that's the way of the world, that's that—that's the kind of thing that drives coaches crazy. Is like, don't come buy my player off my campus. If I had a collective offering million dollars to a transfer, I would not be frustrated. I'd be quite happy. <laughs> would you? Yeah, I might pretend I was frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than not having a collective offering a million dollars. 
<laughs> except how probably pretty rare if the kid says no. And then A, not only says no, but turns it in, basically. Yeah, I, I think it. I, yeah, I don't know. And there was a story earlier this year uh, that uh, from ESPN, from Pete at ESPN about Zay Flowers at Boston College. He got offered like 300 grand wide receiver from one school and 600 from another and turned him down because he wanted to stay at BC and finish and get his degree. And that's going to be worth more than that money. And it's a nice story. And he immediately told everybody that it happened. And his dad's got like 11, they're like 11 kids, like a single dad drives a truck and like the money would have been big. And, you know, it was a big, well, is this what we want the sport to be? I My thing with all of these things where you're trying to stop it is, no, this is what the sport is. This is what America is. Mm-hmm. This is what, this is how it works. You can, you, you have to do two things. You either, even then you're going to get offered something, but you either have to make these guys employees and then you can sign them to contracts or sign them to con- contracts and they can't leave because they've agreed to something. Or here you go. I don't care if you work at the Burger King when you're 16 years old and your buddy works at the McDonald's and they say, hey, uh, over here, we're getting uh, 25 cents more an hour. You should come over. My my uh, my manager thinks you'd be great. Every one of these ADs has, they don't have street agents. They have office agents. Every coach has an office agent. Everybody, What do, what do coaches talk about when you talk to them? Hey, what's opening? What's opening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that job going to open? What do you think you can do over there? They don't, right? That's all they want to know. This is how the world works. It may be different. It may be frustrating. But if someone's, some collective is, how are you going to stop a collective from, from getting a message to somebody that there's a million dollars? How do you, how do you legislate that? How do you implement that? Do you get the FBI on this and tap everyone's phone? Well, yeah, no, I mean, it is, it's problematic in terms of enforcing. That's one of the reasons it hasn't it's impossible, been enforced. So don't try. Yeah. It's impossible to enforce. What are you well, enforcing? The, 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 thing, well, the, here's the thing. All right. For time immemorial, the, the, the deal in college sports has been don't tamper with our players. Okay. You, you, you can do what you need to do in recruiting, but once they're on campus, don't tamper with them. Now, one of the reasons they don't turn each, you don't hear about them turning each other in is because they're all doing it. Yeah. They're all tampering, you know? They're all calling but, us high school coach. But it's always the rival. It's they're doing it. <laughs> and then the <laughs> rival us. says, no, they're doing it. Guess what right. the answer is? Everyone, they're both doing it. <laughs> they're calling the high school coach. They're calling the seven on seven coach. They're mm-hmm. calling the trainer at the gym that who works with them. Hey, how's uh yeah, how's how's Billy doing? I saw he's not really getting a lot of touches over there. Man, we would have used them different. We would have used them different. <laughs> Always. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Come on. Well, the NIL, uh, the NIL uh, subcommittee on whatever, whatever. There's about 15 ads on this committee. They've been meeting. You know, they're the ones that released some of the guidance earlier this summer. I heard there's more guidance coming. I, I mean, I, I, there's nothing in. That's really enforceable. We know the NCAA is out there prowling around looking for evidence of inducements. And, uh, you know, we, we haven't heard back anything on that yet. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what they can they really do. That, me, that committee is wasting their time like no one's ever business. Step back. <laughs> NCAA committee wasting time? No, Dan. You'll never enforce it. Give up. It's not a bad thing that some rich person is throwing out an offer. It but are can't they... be stopped. This is how the United States of America works. Welcome to the real world. 
It's no different than when you, you could be Troy and you've recruited this kid down the street for six years and you got him and he loves it and you spend all your time on it. And then on the night before signing day, some kid backs out at Alabama and Nick Saban calls and says, son, you want to come up here? It's over. It's, it's never been a level playing field. It's no different. Don't tamper with my players. Make them employees. But even then, how, I don't care what the, the tampering, like they try in the NFL and the NBA, but they all have agents. You don't think, you don't think these agents, like you're sitting there going, boy, you know, we, we really like Giannis. Uh, we're going to have a max. I mean, <laughs> come on. It's, I, I get it. It's a little jarring, but. There's a, 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 one other interesting element to what, to what you were saying there that uh, Harlan said is like when they went to Gainesville uh, to play the, their season opener against Florida, he said, yeah, at our team hotel, there were two agents staying there. He said, usually they they used to have to stay at the other hotels and hide from me, but now they can just yeah run out there because the players have agents. I'm surprised. And amazingly, the world has not stopped, uh, right? Yeah. yeah. Surprising the hotel at the team hotel door, there wasn't the uh, the Gator Collective standing right there yeah. uh, offering uh, bags of cash to Utah players. Hey, it's like a, you get a sides. mint on the pillow and a note and a little envelope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plenty more where this came from. Right. Contact us. I don't know. I just uh, you either make them employees, assign them to contracts, or you don't. And if you don't. I, I don't know what, what, what you can do. I mean, you're, I get the tampering by a coach. Like, you can't have that direct contact. That's fine. But the idea that there isn't always going to be a middle, I mean, like, how did every one of these guys get their job? Yeah. It, it didn't, they didn't become the AD at whatever because they saw an ad in the newspaper. <laughs> Link, you know, or <laughs> some online job site, right? Hey, Sankey found found one of his first jobs in the NCAA news, which was like a weekly newspaper. One of his first. They didn't just put an ad out in the Birmingham (laughs) AL.com. I don't know if they have one of the things in D.com or something like whatever, right? (laughs) SEC commissioner. Hey, I might be good for that. I mean, I think I might apply. I get the frustration, but you guys are wasting your time. You got wasting wasting your time. All right, quick people's court. We got Halloween coming up. Oh, I wanted to say this too. You know, we've been telling you what's not apple picking time. Mm-hmm. It's not <laughs> pumpkin picking time. The early slate of games. We want to be fair because we do value family time. <laughs> we we do want you to go to the pumpkin patch. Yeah. We don't want we don't want all our listeners like divorced and like not getting to see their kids or their girlfriend dumps them or you got to have a little bit more life. Clemson's playing, Syracuse is at Clemson at noon. It's Other than that, ain't a whole lot going on. Yeah. And I think you can monitor that one. I don't, <laughs> yeah, just get that one Get that one on your phone and you know, keep an eye on it. It's, it's a good day to rake the leaves. It's yeah. a good day to, it, it, so be proactive. We're trying to repair some relationships that maybe are a little strained <laughs> if this is happening. Hey, how about the cider mill Saturday? Really? Isn't there college? I really, I, you know, no, I really want to be with you guys. That this is your shot, <laughs> your your chance to exp- to have some faux generosity. Right, right. Yeah. Do not blow up your personal life so you can watch Syracuse at Clemson. <laughs> In the unlikely event this is really happening, you get just make sure you get back by like two thirty. Yeah, if it's close, just make just, sure you're okay. home by the fourth. But quarter. other than that, no, there's nothing going on early. 
Don't fall for the Iowa, Ohio State. That's the little noon kickoff. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, God. This is, I wonder on these TV deals coming. Like, you want to be NBC if you had the third best pick of the big 10 games this weekend <laughs> to put on prime time? Yeah. Holy Ooh. cow. You're like, um, yeah, uh, maybe not. Anyway, that's our, that's, our, that's our public service announcement. Now, on to uh, the people's court. Oh. Rise, the Honorable Judge Wenzel, Judge Forty, and Judge Dellinger presiding. This is the People's Court. Uh, it's Halloween coming up, and uh, people get into it, and uh, you know they wear costumes sometimes to work, or they you know playing pranks, things on the, you know all sorts of stuff. Well, a a Mississippi daycare worker. Okay, at the Little Blessings Child Care and Learning Center in Hamilton, Mississippi. Okay, she decided uh, to come to uh, Halloween, uh, come to work wearing a mask, the Scream, you know, the Scream movies, mm-hmm. the big white mask, the back, right? The Scream thing. And um, any child that was misbehaving, I don't know how, the Little Blessings. I mean, these are little blessings. I don't know how you. But. She would put the mask on and try to scare them straight. Oh, boy. Oh, that usually boy. works. She would uh, scream at the child with the scary mask. It wasn't meant to harm anybody, and it wasn't ill intentioned, she said. Hmm. This is uh, in the Daily Mail, of course. The teachers asked me if I would do it or if they could use the mask to get their class to listen or clean up. I'm not a child abuser. Um, there is video of her absolutely terrifying these kids. <laughs> oh, okay, fantastic kids bawling their eyes out, screaming. She's right in their face. Like this is aggressive. This is aggressive. But you know these little blessings are sometimes not little blessings. So I asked the panel. I just found it. Should she, okay, and she was fired for the job. She was uh, she was fired. Four employees were fired for this scare tactic. Scared straight, little blessings, childcare. Pat Forty, Justice Forty, should they have been fired or commended as educators of the year for traumatizing these little tell. blessings? Oh my God, and she's so scary looking. She's scaring me just looking at the pictures. I can imagine a three-year-old. Oh my God. Look, as much as sometimes I could, I would, I would say you just, you know, you do have to put the fear of God into them. Perhaps not at the little blessings preschool. Yeah, this might be just yeah. a little bit young for scared straight. I mean, I mean, wow. I would like to know, you know, like which educational program said, yeah, this is the way you want to handle a three-year-old that will not clean up. You know, <laughs> terrify them to the point of dissolving in tears and then send them home traumatized. These kids are wailing. I mean, <laughs> it's it's terrifying. Like this, there's a couple of pictures that it is. Absolutely, like it's terrifying. Uh, I uh, I don't even know. Yeah, this is not uh, Pat. I just put it in the chat. You've you've got to click the link. Yeah, uh, I, I I saw I saw it. it um, I uh, yeah, no, you can't you can't do this. This is not good. This is just I, horrifying. I, I, there's something extra scary about the mask in a childcare. Like 
Yeah. I remember someone saying the scariest thing I've ever seen was a clown in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like this random clown just standing in the woods. You're like, what is in those woods? <laughs> this is out of place. Like in one so, of these, one of these, she's chasing around this, you know, three-year-old. She's chasing him <laughs> in this video who's catching this woman, you know, in this awful mess, chasing this kid. And this kid is wailing, red-faced and wailing. This is horrific. That's great. God. So they, they told, <laughs> after the firing, the other teachers said that they, uh, they, they got the class to relax by saying they had captured the monster and <laughs> the monster no longer exists. That's how they're. God. Well, the, mon- the monster ain't coming back to that class. We know that. They grow tough down there in uh, Hamilton, Mississippi. We don't have them. <laughs> Good Lord. The. The, Come the, to the sip so that we can right. verify your three-year-old. <laughs> I'm looking up where about, the hell Hamilton is. About 15 years, it's they're going to have the meanest linebacking core ever out of Hamilton High. <laughs> yeah, right. You'd be like, these guys are vicious. They play fearless. <laughs> <laughs> they were three. They got horrified. <laughs> That's it. They're, they're trying to build trying to build a, a mean-ass linebacking core for the future. Mm. Okay. And then finally, uh, these are our hero athletes. We're going to give them a small sample Heisman, at least one of the guys, our highest honor here, yeah. even though they don't play football. Two Wyoming students from Northwest College. They are wrestlers. The Northwest College in Wyoming. You got to be more specific. There's a lot of, every state's got a Northwest. <laughs> yeah. So Northwest College, Wyoming. A little arrogant not to, you know. Just assume we're all going to pick Wyoming as our Northwest. <laughs> Northwest College wrestling team in Powell, Wyoming. Uh, we're actually a family. Good, good family out there in yeah. Powell. Great area. Here's the deal. Two athletes from Northwest College uh, wrestling team. This is CowboyStateDaily.com. In Powell are recovering from serious injuries suffered in a grizzly bear attack Saturday. What? Outside Cody, the wrestlers. Okay. Kendall Cummings and Brady Lowry were the two grapplers injured in the attack. One's from Evanston, Wyoming. Uh, Cummings, Lowry is in Cedar City, Utah. We, we hope they get best. Their injuries were very serious in nature. Both Oof. expected to live. Each wrestler's already received multiple surgeries. They are alive and doing well. Cummings was uh, life. So the incident happened while Cummings and Lowry and two other members of the wrestling team were horn hunting in South Fork out of Cody. The four were hiking down a mountainside. Erickson said the group became separated. Without warning, a grizzly jumped out and started attacking Cummings and Lowry. Erickson said the bear went after Lowry first. That's when Cummings, as the hero of all heroes, rushed in and tried to pull the bear off him. Oh, my God. Wow. At that point, the bear attacked Cummings. Mm. The bear ended up running off. Erickson said all they had bear spray on them, but they couldn't do it in time. Uh, uh, they were able to get away. What kind of hunting were they doing? Horn hunting. Horn. The hell's that? Okay. <laughs> Just Man, anything with horns? You shoot don't anything have, with horns? Antelope, they'll, deer, elk? They shoot anything in Wyoming. I don't know. <laughs> mm. So they're they're expected to recover. So I'm hoping mm. that is true, and I hope they're fine. But can you imagine being the teammate? Yeah, it jumps on a grizzly bear. Oh yeah. my god! I mean, that's a set. You got a set on <laughs> yeah. you there, huh? If you ever see me fighting in the forest with a grizzly bear, help the bear! Yeah, right. Sitting there watching, saying, mm, "I hope our guy gets out of there." Okay. Ooh, ooh, it's not looking good. Come on, yeah. 
Come on, man. Do your best. I would have got I mean, the bear spray out before I jumped bear. on the bear. I'd have got the bear spray out before I jumped on the bear. Yeah, I would have gotten the bear spray out. I would have gotten my gun out, whatever the, you know. But They were able to return to their vehicle, and then they sought medical attention. So mm. I'm very hopeful that the, it's all good. But uh, amazing college athletes right there. Yeah, yeah for sure. Grow them uh, tough so, in uh, Northwest Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe it. So Northwest College. Yeah, there's a picture. They look like they're all right. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean one scratched up. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah. Pretty scratched up. Their hands are hurt, as you'd expect, but they're both sitting up. Uh, one guy's standing in the hospital. So okay. we wish you well. Uh, you guys are a couple of badasses. <laughs> I <Yeah>. mean, <laughs> you want a good story on like, you, yeah. well, how'd you get that scar? Yeah. yeah. Fought, fought a grizzly, a grizzly. bear. Yeah, you should see the bear. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. happened to the bear? So you're my favorite wrestlers. All right. That's our show. We'll be back with Race of the Case later in the week, picking, uh, picking all the games this weekend. Appreciate everyone listening. Talk to you later. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.